Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Paramount Podcast. Uh, I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. Really great to be with you all. Uh, welcome back, and uh, I am delighted to welcome back a uh, friend of mine to the podcast today. We're going to talk about. We're going to continue my kind of our um, irregular um, series on pop culture and superheroes and grief, um, and we're going to talk about well. Um, this isn't superheroes, but this is uh, pop culture for sure. Uh, Star Wars, we're going to talk about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series today. Um, and I'm going to talk about it with my friend Douglas. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Douglas was on the show, I think a couple of years ago, was it? Uh, to talk about Loki. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, however long ago Loki was on, it seems like forever. I know. <laughs> We're right? season two. Yeah. I can't yep. believe that was two years ago. It was, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, in one sense, it seems like not long ago, but in another sense, it seems and like ages ago. Yep, you know, too long. Yep. yeah. Time's yep. been weird during the during the pandemic. Time is very weird. <laughs> yep. Um, and yeah, today we're going to talk about the Obi Wan Kenobi series, which came out almost a year ago now. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is scary enough. Uh, we've been talking about doing this show since then. I finally got around to doing it. So, um, yeah. yeah, so that's what we're going to do today. Um, uh, Douglas is a writer, by the way, a very good one. Um, I, uh, we, I meet up with him and a few others every week to talk about writing and Star Wars and other things. It always turns into a conversation about Star Wars. Um, um, we typically find our way there. And I just want to say a shout out to my friends from that community because uh, – We've had conversations about Obi-Wan before. We watched it together and uh, talked about it together. This, this conversation will very much draw from that those conversations. Exactly. Certainly. Yeah, that's so. right. So uh, just shout out to all of you. You know who you are. So, uh, yes. So Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, this show, this show takes place after, um, after Revenge of the Sith, 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you have Darth Vader very ensconced into being Darth Vader in mm-hmm. his suit. Um, and um, at the beginning of the show, we find us, we find uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of on, on Tatooine, um, kind of in seclusion, kind of hidden away, like kind of become a recluse, um, you know, just not, um, you know, just kind of almost given up on life a little bit. His work, he's, Working anonymously, he's you know he's 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 just kind of given up on life a bit. Um, he's still kind of watching over Luke Skywalker, who's by this point a young boy, but he's uh, you know he's not he's not himself anymore. And he's mm-hmm. uh, and this show is really about um, him coming to terms with his grief and um, his trauma, the stuff that he went through in the prequels. Um, and um, making peace with himself and with, well, not making peace with Anakin, but, you know, with his memory of Anakin. Um, it's a lot, and it's, I mean, the 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 Anakin-Obi-Wan relationship is kind of the heart of this, this show. Um, it's kind of the driving force of oh, this yes. show very much. And Delphida plays a very big role in this, this show, which was great to see. Um, it's really good. And it's brilliantly directed by Deborah Cho, um, oh, yes. who was excellent. She could, just, she could just do anything that she wants to now, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, yeah, we definitely um, agreed on that. Like, she, yeah, fantastic and, direction, yeah. 
I think there's there's two. I think the two these two characters are both both processing trauma, both processing grief in a sense that their relationship mm-hmm. is over because they were very close for a long time. Um, and Anakin is grieving the loss of his wife as well. He's you know still in in dealing with that, and and Obi Wan is grieving the loss of a friend and and his failure, like well, his perceived failure. And mm. has lost confidence in himself. So there's, um, that's where it all begins. So like, what do, what are your th- what are your initial thoughts on where these characters are as we kind of meet them? It's definitely you know, we start out at the lowest point, and that's you know, kind of how the story goes. It's it's only up from there, but. I mean, where we're finding these characters, especially with, you know, the titular character with Kenobi, we see him on Tatooine and the first episode is just so brilliantly done by itself. Cause it's you know, one of our friends mentioned when we were discussing the show that it's, it's such a perfect picture of depression because we see, we see Obi-Wan and he's, if I remember correctly, he's kind of going about his, his day, mm-hmm in this very routine and he's found some work as basically kind of this day laborer um, and kind of goes about the routine. And the first couple of scenes are just this repetition of that sort of routine. And it's just, it's such a good picture of kind of where he's at, which is basically just like, there's nothing for him. He has cut himself off partially out of necessity, part of, out of this grief from the force for the most part. He's cut himself off from really any kind of sense of a greater good. We kind of see at the end of the episode, towards the end of the episode, when Leia is captured and then Bale kind of reaches out to him like, hey, can you help? And his refusal, which is, feels, again, very out of character for him, even though that's clearly where he's at. And it's just kind of he's sort of cut himself off from all kind of like from all aspects of his former life, he has become in that sense, kind of Ben Kenobi meaning, you know, very much. And I, I, you know, the irony feels very much uh, purposeful that he has kind of killed Obi-Wan. He has laid to rest that part of his life. And Mm -hmm. here he is um, accepting for the most part it's, but you know, we kind of get the, there's also this sense of, I really liked how, where he is at at the very first episode where he's starting feels very much like this holding pattern, Mm. but obviously it's a holding pattern. He's been in for a decade Yeah, that he goes and he works and he looks in on Luke always from a distance, but like checking in, make sure Luke is fine. But then he, he lives in a cave in this hovel, which is not a, not a permanent home. And kind of we flash towards the end of the series. He went basically, he goes and finds a home for himself where we find him in, in New Hope. He has a house. Um, but we're finding right here is kind of he's living in a cave and got to get the picture that he's been there for a while. And so you mm-hmm. kind of get this idea in his head that as much as he's cut himself off from, from any kind of like purpose, there is this kind of the sense of the mission, which is you know, Anakin's children, make sure they survive their adulthood so that they can overthrow the empire, even though that's a, that's a very nebulous sort of mission, but there's the sense of like, well, I'll do this until I don't have to. 
but he's done it so long. It's just this kind of living in denial of, which is again, just great depression of the kind of vacillating between this is going, this is temporary and this is going to last forever. And that he just can't get out of that cycle. And again, that just cycle and where we you know, kind of find him where basically he is, he has reduced his life to nothing. And mm-hmm. this to me, the, the, the thing that really gets me about this first episode and I love so much is that how this is even further sign of cemented is there is no orchestration for nearly the entire episode. It's not until like the last few minutes and it's only after he unearths the lightsabers and basically makes the decision to go out and, mm. and rescue Leia. That's when that orchestration, of course, that you know, brilliant John Williams score just sort of hints kind of coming out. And that's when we understand, okay, he has stepped back into the role that he has made that decision. But where we're, where we're finding him very much is in that sense of, of depression, which is often very uh, initial stage of grief. Also, if you, if you want to get into kind of the five stages, he's very much living in a sort of denial. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because he just kind of cut himself off from anything that mattered because it all has been taken away from him. Mm. Uh, yeah. What you said before about kind of like Anakin's still grieving, Darth Vader's still grieving, he's still grieving, like everyone's still grieving, which is another kind of thing I love about this series is that we've had in between stuff between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope, um, Star Wars Rebels, Rogue One, Solo. These all kind of take uh, are take uh, in that time. But all of those really feel like more like prequels to New Hope in sort of the sense that they're setting up those mm-hmm. events mm. rather than sequels to Revenge of the Sith. And this feels very much like a sequel to Revenge of the Sith because we are, what we are is we are, we are dealing with the trauma of Revenge of the Sith. And really we hadn't had anything since Revenge of the Sith really came out. We hadn't had really any Star Wars media that really kind of dealt with the aftermath of this. We're sort of like, well, you mm-hmm. know. Eventually, Luke and Leia grow up. They have all their adventures and, and the galaxy saved. But there's this huge kind of like trauma, which is exactly what it is. And there's this feeling that no one has really kind of dealt with that and that very much where this series starts. And it's very clear from the beginning that that's what they're going to deal with because they clearly have not. And Obi-Wan specifically has not as much as he is accepted to a certain extent his like role but again like the mission is too broad there's this this tiny bit of hope of maybe one day anakin's children will grow up and maybe they'll be powerful enough Hmm. you know but at this point the rebellion doesn't kind of really exist there's definitely the elements are building towards it but there's not a there's not a huge push against the the empire the Inquisitors are running all over, you know, taking out what was left of the Jedi Order. So there's this sense mm-hmm. of like nothing's been done in the last two years, ten years to really stop anything, and something needs to change. And of course, in all that kind of central confluence events, we find and uh, we find Obi Wan, and then of course, you know, Anakin, Darth Vader, and clearly from you know Episode Two on, clearly the sense of these two figures being at the center of this swirling torment of, of fate and mm. events. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And 
what we find out actually is that Obi-Wan thinks that Anakin is dead. And exactly. He actually yeah. thinks he's dead. So he's thought he was dead for 10 years and he's mm-hmm. been grieving him for 10 years. And, um, and maybe feeling responsible for his death even potentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yes. And then there's that scene at the end of the second episode where he finds out that he's still alive and the, the look on his face brilliantly acted There's, he doesn't say anything mm. but it's his face just changes completely you know it's 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 like almost like oh there's some hope but also oh my god what has he become in 10 years like yeah um, and it's it's and it, again not accidental that is at this point he has really kind of cut himself off from the force and the second episode is reaching out and that being sort of the first time he's actually like reached out with the force to kind of confirm and then feels Anakin. We see it in Anakin. It feels very much like Anakin feels him feeling him and like they're aware of each other now. And that being the first time he seriously used the force to confirm this and just, you know, the horror of that, of not only that your, that your friend is alive, who you're pretty sure you killed or you left for dead at least. And then not only he's alive, but he is this, this creature, this monster. Yes, yeah. and there's that scene the first time he actually sees him in the suit. Oh, he's looking through the window in this village, and mm. he sees, and he said he appears out of nowhere because it's dark, and he's got his Darth Vader suit is black, so it kind of just emerges, for, and his eyes just open up like what you know, like it's, it's, um, he would talk about like the scene in Rogue One that made Darth Vader scary again. This this whole series, and especially you know in in. Uh, I think it was episode three where he first sees him really kind of makes yeah. Darth Vader or kind of yeah. shows you how scary he must have been at the sort of the height of his power, where just, you know, this thing that cannot be stopped and is extremely powerful and extremely cruel you know, as, you know, as much mm. as that is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, there is absolutely that scene. He is ruthless. He just, Brings people out of their hose and just breaks their neck just because. Yeah. No, no yeah. reason. They haven't done anything to him. He just does it just because, so I can show how powerful I am. Like, I mean, even I mean, not even brutal. no reason, but that he knows Obi Wan's there and has to figure he's watching. Yeah. And it's the sense of which you get from Anakin that kind of that what started really at the end of Revenge of the Sith was as high as Anakin had gone in the Jedi, as low as he was going to go in the Sith. So basically, like just convincing Obi-Wan, this is how, this is what you have made me. And this is how bad I'm going to be yeah. because I can. And just the sense of when he is torturing these villagers that he is, he knows he's hurting and, or he's torturing Obi-Wan. Yeah. There's that line, which I actually predicted he would say when they met. Um, I remember before I watched the episode, I said, I bet, I bet you he says, I am what you yeah. made me. Like, well, what have you become? I am what you made me. And I knew that I knew that dialogue would happen, and it did. It was exactly that, and it was so satisfying because it's exactly how they would both feel. Like it's like what, like you were my friend, you were this man, this great man, and now you're what are you? What you know? This is you know mm-hmm. you don't even look human anymore. Like, and he's like, well, this is this is your fault. You yeah. you did this to me. Like, um, and he still can't even at that point realize how his own actions have resulted in what has happened to him. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that was such a I, that's such a great sequence there in that scene that whole sequence of 
Darth Vader torturing Obi-Wan on the inch, dragging him through the fire, and just you can feel the rage. And yeah. so so cemented what was definitely like hinted at. I remember hearing interviews with Deborah Cho specifically before the series came out that the the, the primary relationship or the you know the primary conflict is between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. And that really cemented kind of that this as much as the story is about a lot of different things, about you know, Leia and the path and all these other things, that this is a story about um, Obi-Wan and Anakin in this kind of, I think actually David Cho, David Cho um, described it as a divorce, which feels so <laughs> like, but that, that feels like that's exactly what it's like of this sense of this is, this is a relation to that had broken off and hadn't really had any kind of closure and what is left over is pain and anger and rage. And this is, and the story itself is not going to be resolved. And Obi-Wan's journey is not going to be resolved until this is resolved, until we grieve out. And that's, and that's the, just the brilliant thing about the writing. Um, so when you do, when you look at like the hero's journey, yeah. Um, oftentimes we have the primary motivator. Why is the hero going on this journey? Why are they doing? Uh, why are they searching for the prize? And you can often split that into uh, a, a general and a specific. So in a general sense, the hero wants to save the world. Um, but very often in a specific sense, they want to save a particular person. Um, uh, something that comes to mind is Captain America Winter Soldier. It's a great example of this. Mm. The primary motivation generally Captain America wants to stop Hydra. They, they've taken over S.H.I.E.L.D. They're going to kill a bunch of people. He needs to save the world. This is you know primary motivator. But also, he wants to save Bucky. Yeah, absolutely. And the really, the, when, it's, when it's done well, the really brilliant thing is you often find, although the stakes are usually higher in the general, the motivation is much stronger in the specific. Yeah, To the point absolutely. that it's almost like, almost like, the general is saving the world becomes secondary. And what's really great about the writing of Kenobi is that there is this, the hero's journey, but this is also a journey of grief. And the grief also has a general and a specific. And the general for uh, Obi-Wan is obviously the fall of the Republic, the, the, the fall of the Jedi, the purge. Uh, I think the kind of loss of innocence or the kind of reconciliation of, how far they had gone, especially in the Clone Wars, and how much they had been deceived and deceived themselves. Mm. And that's all that's all sitting there. But the specific grief, and we see that here, the specific grief is Anakin. Yeah, absolutely right. And that is so much more powerful. And that is why, you know, the you know, the Empire is not defeated within this. So the the general motivation is not resolved, but the specific one is. Because that's the actual Obi-Wan's journey is yeah. I need to resolve me and Anakin. I need to resolve this guilt. What what happened? What responsible? We need to face it. And obviously, you know, through the episodes and then that confrontation episode six, where we see that resolved. And it's just yeah. uh, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, the, the resolution to it um, mm-hmm. in the final episode is mm-hmm. one of the best, one of the best that whole sequence from start to finish where they, where they meet each other and they fight and they result and things happen. 
you know, and there's going to be, by the way, I should have said this, spoiler alert, so we're, we're going to delay the show on this. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been yeah. out for a year, so there's no, really, there's no excuse, really, look at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when, when, when they're fighting and you see Obi-Wan coming into his power again, and mm-hmm. he actually defeats him. He actually defeats yeah. him, and he cuts his, cuts his mask half off. And that, mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the best bits of visual storytelling oh. I've ever seen. The lighting, like, my goodness! The, 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 the oh. lighting, yeah. Like, he's got the half-half face, and then you've got the you've got the blue lighting, and then the red lighting. The and, competing lightsaber lighting. Oh, where it's just it from. Oh, it's so good. Flashes purple <laughs> between the blue and the red. Yeah, I, I know. It's just oh. and what he says when those lights are on him. Yeah, it's just and the oh. voice changing when yeah. he lights it. It goes between Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones, and it's flipping between these two. Yes, oh. like, their voices are like it's like yeah. Anakin and Darth Vader are both talking, like and. And mm-hmm. actually, he kind of he distinguishes Darth Vader from Anakin Skywalker himself. Yeah, in that little bit of dialogue, it's like I, mm-hmm. like I killed Anakin Skywalker. Like yeah. as in Darth Vader, I killed Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So, um, which I, I to the point that when he says that he's speaking as Hayden Christensen, <laughs> which is that kind of it's it's and it's that's the really great thing about it is that you know, talk about like Anakin's grieving. This is as much as it's Obi-Wan getting over it, it's really kind of Anakin accepting it as well. That he accepts and obviously the dark side, and this is not you know what we would want, but he accepts his role as Darth Vader. It's like he finally puts to rest in that confrontation, puts to rest Anakin as well. Yeah, and uh, it's sad because I, I sometimes like mm-hmm. I, when I've watched it, I've watched it back a few times and I get this sense that there's a part, there's still a part of Anakin in there that wants, that does, that wants to give this up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want this. That that is almost, almost wanting Obi Wan to to save him from himself. Like, you know, I think when when Obi Wan leaves and he's just called and he's called him Anakin yeah. all the way through, and then at that point he's got closure, and you can see it in his face, mm-hmm. and he just says goodbye, Darth. As in, you're not yeah. Anakin is dead, mm-hmm. and you know you're not you're not Anakin anymore. Like, and then mm-hmm. but then Darth Vader screams back at him to come back. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, yeah, it's almost as a part of him is like, come back and save me from myself. Like, you know, like, like come back and destroy me. I know I'm a just, monster. Yeah, come yeah, back and slay yeah, the monster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that, saving him from himself would be killing him essentially, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, um, you know, but um, but. Uh, but um, Anakin, but Obi-Wan doesn't do that. Uh, yeah, there is an element of both of them coming to a peace with how things are now, like, yeah. and that Anakin is gone, you know. Um, and I think up until then, Obi-Wan has hope that Anakin can come back. But after that, mm-hmm. that's gone. And then it's, only, then it's up to Luke. Luke is the one after that. In you know, you see in the original trilogy, who's like there is still good in him. There is still good in him. Like which, yeah, just, which I can talk about. And that's in Star Wars, and that's why this series, to me, there's a lot of other things out there. And I, I do like Mandalorian. I did like uh, Boba Fett. This series felt the most like Star Wars in the yeah. sense of like the the culture and the spirit of Star Wars. And it's again that kind of general versus uh, specific, when we look at the original trilogy, we've had this conversation before, the original trilogy, the general 
motivation for Luke is obviously to save the galaxy. Mm-hmm. But the specific motivation, especially in Return of the Jedi, the specific motivation is to yeah. save Anakin Skywalker to the point that Luke really doesn't participate in saving the galaxy you know, in, in a secondary nature, that his primary motivation, it's more important that he face Darth yeah, Vader. Yeah, it's funny that. And, yeah. yeah, because in that movie, you have the battles all going on outside of that tower. Mm-hmm. The battle yeah. in that tower is not for the galaxy. It's for the soul of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, and Luke wins that, like, you know, ultimately, right? yes. um, which is brilliant. You know, like, obviously mm-hmm. it's beautiful. But, um, um, but yeah, I mean, you back, back, back to Obi-Wan now. It's, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's like Obi-Wan has started, has done that response to grief where, you avoid. You basically just hide away. You numb yourself. You mm-hmm. you kind of go into survival mode. You pretend like that's all gone, and there's, you know that you just pretend it's not happening anymore. You lose confidence in yourself. You just give up. Like you just rather than actually deal with the pain and feel the pain, you actually just numb it and ignore it and pretend like it's not there. Mm-hmm. Like survival mode during the pandemic. A lot of people did that during the pandemic. Yeah. I did during the pandemic. Right? You know, it's um. It was especially during lockdown. You know, it's um, it's you know, it was it was easy and probably easier for any, everyone to just go into that survival mode until it was over. And now some people are just coming out of it now. I'm coming out of that now. I see other people coming out of that now. But it's so that was familiar, and that's and that's a normal response. That can be a normal grief response. The problem is when you start living in that place. Like he's been in there. He's been there for ten years. Mm-hmm. You can almost lose yourself, you know, and uh, and almost become. Con- Almost become almost normalize it when it's yeah. not normal. You yeah, know, as a temporary state in certain circumstances, it can be helpful. But as a lived state for the rest of your life, it's not helpful, healthy, healthy at all. Um, and that's where that's that's where Anakin that's where Anakin Obi Wan starts, and he ends. Well, he's gone on this journey. He's actually processed his grief. He's actually mm-hmm. confronted it. He's named it. He's mm-hmm. engaged with it. Um, he's allowed himself to feel again and he's found himself again and he's healed, you know, and he's learned. And also he shows that he's learned from the past because at the end of the show, he doesn't, he realizes, no, I'm not going to train. Alec. I'm not going to train uh, Luke. I'm going to let him live. I'm going to let him grow up on his own as a, have a, as normal a life as possible. And then when he's ready, the time will, it will, the opportunity will present itself, you know, as in the force will make it happen, you know. Um, and he's he's not he's not he's not making the same mistake he made with Anakin. Yeah, right. Which was to overtrain him and to you know go go almost too too much the other way. And mm-hmm. so there's there's signs of growth, like in that last episode. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Darth Vader or Anakin is um, just full of anger, like. Mm-hmm. And anger is a response to grief. And again, he's instead of healthy anger, he's kind of let anger become his whole identity. Everything he's just angry all the time. Like he's, you know, the we, we know the ruthless Darth Vader who just anyone who does something he doesn't like just kills them. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it doesn't without mercy. Like there's no without feeling. Um, he stopped feeling anything because he's just so consumed by anger and also the pain of being in that body that he's in. Yeah, like that. He's all that all he has is anger. Like to like, um, and that's 
I mean, that kept him alive, you know, after <laughs> after Obi Wan's like after Obi Wan kind of had finished with him. That's what kept him alive, and now it's just helping him. That now that's that's become his whole identity, you know. And you, um, and it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a tragedy, and he doesn't really heal from that in this series. He just no, he just yeah. it's just, he just comes to a place of accepting who he is, um, or who mm-hmm. he's become, or who who he chose to be, and that there's no escape from it. Um, and of course, we know we know ultimately there is an escape from it. But mm-hmm. uh, at that point, he's at that place where okay, I, I'm you know I'm I'm done. Kind of this is this is over. Um, I'm 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 going to be like this forever. Um, and mm. which is again really sad. But um, yeah, that's that's the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. That's why it's a tragedy. Um, <sighs> and um, because he gets consumed by grief and doesn't ever really resolve that, you know, until right until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, when he saves, um, when he saves Luke and sacrifices himself, and chooses for himself, you know that's the first time he chooses for himself. Where he's not, where he's not a slave. He's not a he's not a slave to the Emperor. He's not a slave, just a regular slave. Or he's not in the Jedi Order doing what they're telling him to do. He's making yeah. a decision for himself, and his mm-hmm. choice is to say is to well to love his son and to save his son, um, and that that's more important, and that and that. Over, and that overcomes all the hatred and darkness, I guess you, you know, the dark mm-hmm. side in him. Um, and that's healing, you, almost, you know. But yeah. you can almost argue that kind of where that idea comes from you know, starts with this series, especially at the end of the at the the end when Obi Wan is is watching Luke and kind of makes the decision. You know, he ought to just grow up and. You know, like and you said it, you know, perfectly. Of you know, Obi Wan has been on this journey, and not only has he come back to kind of where he was previous to this, but like has gone beyond who he was, even as a as a Jedi, that he has learned from his you know the mistakes, and in this journey, and I think it's it's very important that he spends a lot of this journey with Leia as well, and of course they have that scene. Um, he kind of tells her about a little bit about her parents or her birth parents. And as much as Obi-Wan is learning to come to terms with kind of all the mistakes of his past, that being one of them of, of understanding that however he thought the galaxy was going to be saved by Anakin's kids, that it it's not going to be that, that whatever it has to happen, it has to happen some other way. It's not, we can't take them into you can't basically do what the Jedi did is take them away from their, their parents, their loving families, and then train them up to be warriors. And that's not going to work. And then you kind of have to let it happen. But also in the sense, now that he knows Anakin is alive or Darth Vader in the sense, but he might not, might he not look at Luke and Leia and just say, if they're going to save, if they're going to save the galaxy, or if they're going to save Anakin Skywalker, it's not going to be by fighting him. It's going to be by giving him something to hope in that he's never had before. And I think that's going back to like the original trilogy. There's a, there's a shift in Darth Vader's character uh, specifically in empire strikes back Um, in a new hope. He's really, he's the main, he's this kind of dark villain. He's exactly what you'd expect him to be. Um, and then the Empire Strikes Back, there's this shift 
And then in Return of the Jedi, he's very different than he was in New Hope. The Darth Vader, he's a little bit more hesitant, and he has conversation with uh, Luke, basically saying kind of like he's much more, a little bit more vulnerable with him. And I think it's because in Empire's in Empire, he is he knows that Luke is his son, mm-hmm. and makes kind of the when he tells Luke like I am your father, the offer he makes to Luke is come with me, we'll defeat the Empire, father and son. Which this is the first and you want to like. Darth Vader is the Empire's most loyal subject. Where's the where's the traitor turn now? And it's because there's he has a son. He didn't know he had that before. And he's learned that now. And it's almost you could argue that Obi-Wan basically sees Luke and says, if there's any hope for my friend, it's in that. Because the the thing that Anakin doesn't have, he's doesn't have Padme, he assumes his children are dead. Um hmm. He doesn't have anything to hope in. He only has the anger. And Obi-Wan might not – that's in the kind of idea germinating him now of if there's any hope to save – to resurrect Anakin Skywalker, it's to give him something to hope for outside of himself. And mm-hmm. it's right there. It's yeah. his kids. As soon as, and it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As soon as he realizes he has a son, um, yeah. it, it changes everything for him. Like he's mm-hmm. – you know, he's – I mean, I mean, even at the end of Empire, he asked his son. He doesn't. He doesn't want to kill him. He wants him to rule the rule the universe with him, right? He, mm-hmm. So he's even then. It's that's not normal. Darth, like prime, like Darth Vader at his absolute worst would have just killed him, right? But it's his son, and something triggers in him. You know, it's you know, it's like maybe I can be free of maybe I can be free of you know the Emperor, and I can actually t- have control. Of my life, it gives him a reason son. to be free of the emperor. Like, yeah, Darth Vader's I, Anakin Skywalker is very powerful. Uh, the emperor is powerful. Uh, it's also very old, and so you get the sense of like Darth Vader probably could have killed the emperor almost at any time. He had no reason to. He, you know, that he's he's so full of anger, he has nothing else to hope for. So he has no ambition beyond that. So there's no reason to overthrow the emperor because what is he going to do after that? But then he has a son. Oh, suddenly I have an heir. Suddenly I have a reason to live. Suddenly I have a reason to to call for power. Which again, he, that's the only thing he can think of at that moment is we can over we can be the powerful ones, you and me. And it's it's because he now has a reason outside of himself to hope for something. And that's Luke. Mm. That's why. I mean, that's another that's another reason I suppose you did that. You know, episode four is called A New Hope. It's a new hope for the galaxy, but it's a new hope for Anakin. General, specific. Yeah, it's a right. new hope right. for the galaxy, which I, we, and we, again, we've had this conversation before that if, especially with, especially with the Kenobi series. Now, if you go watch New Hope, if you watch that Obi-Wan Kenobi and understand where he's coming from now, you get the sense of not only is he like, okay, this is Luke's time. This is the force has brought him. Fate has brought him here's her two D two. He has a message from Leia. Like the fates have aligned. It's time to get off this world and go and face your destiny. And as much as that is in a general sense, that it feels like Obi-Wan is Obi-Wan's actual mission is I'm going to make sure that Luke is in position to save Anakin Skywalker. Yes. And the galaxy will handle itself. But and it's, you know, and again, we had that conversation where uh, in New Hope. Yeah, I'm gonna, I know, have I know fight. I mean, 
Yeah. We have the fight between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. And he, they're fighting it out. And it gets to that point where the, the other heroes are running back to the uh, Millennium Falcon. And Luke sees Obi-Wan. And like sees him fighting Darth Vader. And Obi-Wan looks over at him. Oh. And what does he see? He sees Luke. And he sees Leia. That Luke saved Leia. That Obi-Wan didn't tell him to do that. That he went out and he's like, no, I need to go save her. And he sees Luke and Leia together. And he knows, like, okay, they're ready. And then he draws back his lightsaber and he lets Darth Vader kill him. Yeah. And, like, that that moment of that well, understanding, just yes, the pieces emotion. are in place. Thinking about it. Yeah. Like, you know, I always <laughs> get emotion with that scene because it's, it's like, it's like he, especially now you know his whole story mm-hmm. and what he's mm-hmm. been through. Like, and he knows who they are. He knows yeah. their brother and sister. Like, he knows what the, that they can handle the fate of the galaxy, that that's not his job anymore. Yeah. And he's like, and also there's, I've, I've said this to you before, there's also mm-hmm. this moment of like, that he, oh, he's not going to end up like you. He's going to mm-hmm. save you. Yeah. And he yeah. knows, he knows that's going to happen. Like, that's that look in his eyes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm crying thinking about it. It's just, it's such, a, <laughs> it's such an emotional thing. Like, it's just that kind of, all that stuff he's been through. And it's like, finally he's like at peace with, what's going to happen and that actually his friend's going to be okay. And that is going to be okay. You know, it's just a testament to this series and just, you know, such a good adaptation of already existing material that you can write something that's filling in the gaps, but then recontextualizes that scene, which is, you know, 40, 50 years old at this point, but recontextualizes in some way that we now understand it at a deeper level. Yeah. It's not just Obi-Wan being like, okay, I'm done. Time to die or time to go ghost mode. Um, but like, okay, no, I have done everything I can do in this form. And in, in a very kind of like enlightenment sense, like he is rid himself of these negative attachments and he's ready to go. And then he goes. And then now he's ready to transcend to the next level because he understands that his work is done. Because now Luke and Leia and passing that torch to them in that sense of, yeah, it's your turn now. You're the new hope. Go and save the galaxy, but most of all, save save, save your father. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's that, and there's also that when well, just after Darth Vader has well, I say killed him, he doesn't really kill him, does he? Um, and then he he puts his foot around his on his cloak. Like, where's he gone? Like, mm-hmm. he's still not aware of this. Like, what what like, yeah. this this new um, way of becoming one with the Force that Obi Wan has mm-hmm. learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do always wonder what goes through Darth Vader's or Anakin's head when he when that happens. You know, if that yeah. leaves an imprint as well, like it's just just a little one. But you know, it's like almost like he senses this isn't over. This still isn't over. <laughs> and it's it's very it's very telling that in the three main fights that they have had um, in Revenge of the Sith and then in Kenobi and then in New Hope between. Darth Vader, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. Anakin never wins. <laughs> like, he is denied victory in, in a very real sense. He's cut in half in the first one. And then Kenobi, Kenobi just leaves him there. And in this one, like, Kenobi gets up and gives up in this sense when, like, he kills him, but then doesn't. And it's, Darth Vader never wins any of these fights. <laughs> and it's the sense of you get, like, almost like he's been denied constantly because at every point, uh, and this really goes into philosophy of of 
the Force and Star Wars and, Je- and the Jedi of at every point Obi Wan is taking the higher path because mm. uh, he never he never kills Anakin. No, outright he never does. He leaves them in the first two. He leaves them there, and the third one, he's basically saying, "I'm not even going to let you kill me. Like I have denied you victory because I am now. If you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you possibly understand." He's like, "This is this is how," and and it's that something very much a lesson that Anakin has never learned in the sense of, and there's that that fight scene in it must have been like episode four or five, the flash of Kenobi, the flashback to. Obi-Wan and Anakin dueling and mm. Obi-Wan telling Anakin like your desire for victory is ultimately self-defeating and again that recontextualizes that fight in, it in does, the yeah, it's like, absolutely, like yeah. you are so bent on what you have defined as victory that you do not it's ultimately you're you're denying yourself your victory because you keep clawing at it yeah. and yeah. even beyond that you could say that R- Return of the Jedi that moment when Darth Vader, you know, picks up the Emperor and throws him over the side, that's Anakin finally learning that, like, oh, this is what victory is. Then I'm gonna die. Sacrifice. Yeah. I'm gonna win. <laughs> yeah. And he does. He wins. And in that moment, Anakin is is reborn. He's he's back now. Darth Vader he has killed Darth Vader now. That's yeah, that's it. He that's the that's that's the that's the thing. Like when he throws the Emperor over the side, he's not just killing the Emperor. Mm-hmm. He's killing Darth Vader, like he's yeah. throwing Darth Vader over the side as well. Like, mm-hmm. like I am done with you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I am not. This is not who I am anymore. Um, and then he's free to become one with the Force as, yeah, in know, the same way that Obi Wan is. Yeah, he and also then he's reunited with Obi Wan at the end, and that's yeah, yeah. That's, that's a beautiful scene. So, mm. yeah, um, yeah. and that again, it's more satisfying now because you know what they've been through to get there. Yeah. Like, uh, and how they've as, yeah. and how as much they, as this is yeah. as this is filling the gaps in or giving uh, Kenobi a little continuation, it really is filling the gaps in for Darth Vader and Anakin. Yeah, not just in that you know giving us context for that from a certain point of view kind of line from Obi Wan and the original you know the original trilogy, but just showing us where Anakin Darth Vader is. And as much as we kind of we see this monstrous character, it's hard not to just pity him. Yeah. For what he is right now, and I think that's it's very much our attachment to Kenobi in this. That's what Kenobi is feeling. That's what Obi Wan is feeling, especially at the end of Episode Six. Is like, I can't kill you because like you're a pitiful creature. Like I can't just cut you down. It would it would be monstrous to do that. I can't. I just feel sorry for you, and he has mm. to walk away from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, and. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think what we've done in this episode is it's just it's not just talk about like the show Obi Wan. We've talked about how how grief and how people respond to grief in different ways yeah. define who you are and define your identity and what happens in your life. Um, define your journey. And yeah, and but the only way to really become your best self is to actually engage with it and confront it. And mm-hmm. um, that's the lesson. That's what, you know, that's what Obi-Wan does in this show. And that's yeah. what, uh, that's what Anakin eventually does in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, th- and I think actually that process starts when he first learned, when he first meets Luke, knowing he's his son. 
mm-hmm. something un- subconsciously that's that journey is starting there because that's when he has hope again um mm-hmm. and so yeah and yeah it's you can see why these stories have lasted for so long and why people still love oh, them yeah. now it's because the stories are compelling and the characters are compelling and um there's so much we can learn from from that from for our own journeys that you know, when we confront our grief and we feel it and we engage with our trauma and we listen to it and we deal with it in a process it in a healthy way mm-hmm. it can not only heal us but it can transform us um and make the world better yeah and that's um, that's this series is such a great example of that of as much as we would like if we could rewrite the events of the past if we could you know make revenge and revenge of the sith is a hard movie to watch in that sense because you kind of know what's going to happen but as much as we would like to get rid of this trauma in facing the trauma we can actually not only rise above the trauma but rise above who we were even before the trauma Mm. and that doesn't make the trauma less traumatic it doesn't make it less you know doesn't, doesn't make it good but that through grief through the grieving process we can make good out of it and we can transform ourselves through that process and this is you know where we see obi-wan if we compare the obi-wan at the end of episode six with the obi-wan at the beginning of of phantom menace he's even beyond that beyond who he was as a jedi he is he's you know soared even beyond that level that he's Mm. become even a better version of himself you know you said Mm. it perfectly yeah absolutely Oh, wow. Wow. That was good. Ah. <laughs> um, quite emotional, you know, like emotional talking about this stuff. But um, it's, it's, it's catharsis. It's yeah, it is. it's in that such the good way of mm. these are not great emotions. But when we watch a show, we experience a show dealing with them, that we can take them in ourselves in a very safe, you know, uh, environment. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> and definitely have you back on the show for more of these kind of things, I'm sure. Uh, uh, there's plenty of always a pleasure. Yeah. So uh, where can people find you on uh, online? Uh, you can find me online. Uh, most places I am Douglas uh, Among Us or Douglas underscore Among Us on you know, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblrs, uh, all that. Um Cool. As well as uh, you, you did mention, I'm a writer. Uh, if you're interested in fan fiction, I am on Archive of Our Own under Douglas Among Us as well. Yes, and I highly recommend you read that stuff because it's really, really good. So, um, <laughs> um, so yes, thank you, Douglas, for coming on, and um, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>